Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome into Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Uh, kind of give us a second here. We are sometimes the transition from one show to the other goes smoothly, and sometimes it doesn't go as smoothly, especially when we're on location, but we are ready to go. Uh, it, I got to tell you, I got a little extra dose of adrenaline today. I, I'm, I guess it's possible that um, we'll know about the Deshaun Watson news today. But wow, what a um, what what a nice bit of news to wake up to. We're gonna get into the Marcus May acquisition. I gotta tell you, I, I understand one of them's a starter and one may not be, but I am very excited about the extension of Bradley Roby. In many ways, even more excited about that than the Marcus May acquisition that Marcus May has um, some potential hiccups there and we'll we'll discuss that as we move forward but uh I you know I was very excited about the Bradley Roby acquisition last year I think it was going to be a tremendous key had had everything not fall apart injury wise you know had Michael Thomas played etc cetera, etc cetera, but had the kicker not gotten hurt and had Ryan Ramchek not decided to imitate Teron Armstead and, and all the many, many things that went wrong last season. But um, I, I'm very excited about him coming back. I, I think depth at cornerback and the ability to cover people it, it is is just a, is is has always been. If you understand Saints history, it's always been the thing that held the Saints back. You know, even when they had an elite defense on paper in the Dome Patrol, um, they still were never able to in the 91 playoffs, in the 92 playoffs, when they were in the 87. They were just, they, they never had the depth at cornerback to defend elite receivers. And uh, whether it was Anthony Carter or... Our boy from uh, New Orleans that played in the band for the Falcons, and you know who, whoever, or uh, what's his name for the Eagles, they just were never able to defend elite receivers. Um, go, let's go to the worst loss in franchise history at Cheeto Stick Park. That they, they were not able to defend an elite receiver in the last. Well, in that case, it was a tight end in the last thirty seconds to um, to what we think would have meant going to the Super Bowl, but. Um, I, I think having depth at cornerback is is beyond critical, and I, I am really excited about that. But we will talk about uh, the Saints in the NFL. Deshaun Watson. You know, we right before we got off the air yesterday, we got news about that the Falcons were part of this, which adds a whole different element to it. So, you know, we'll certainly discuss that as well. It is Pro-Am Day, and uh, as they say, the walrus cometh. The walrus cometh. So we'll see how, how Raymond does. I mean, better him than me is all I can say. 
better than me. I don't know how he's going to do it. Uh, no, I mean, again, uh, oh, man. Um, better him than me. That's all I'm going to say. And the man's going to do it today and again tomorrow. Wow. I mean, next week. Wow. Wow. Want to thank our sponsors. Once again, we're out at the Louisiana Open. Chittimacha, Louisiana Open, a little triumph. Brought, presented by Mistross. And we are um, out here thanks to these sponsors. Tibbs, Trailers, Rope, Soap, and Dope. The Cigar Merchant and Golf Connection USA. Once again, we um, will be t- you know we'll be out here uh, all week. the The actual tournament starts tomorrow. We'll start talking more about the actual tournament on today's show, not just um, you know everything else going on in the world of sports. So look forward. Uh, to doing some of that, and I'll be covering the tournament a little more this year than I have in recent years. Um, and you know, we'll see we'll we'll see how that goes. So we'll be able to give you more of an idea of what's going on. Well, you know, what happened at the tournament when we get back on on Monday. So it is. Um, we've got NCAA tournament basketball going on, like people filling out brackets. So if you have any advice or thoughts about that, certainly. Feel free to call once again. The game hotline is 706-0111. But man, we are um, going to have a lot of fun, I think, with um, with with NFL free agency, which officially starts at four o'clock. Well, I say fun if the news goes good. Uh, we're, we're gonna have some fun, Marcus May. Safety from the Jets. Man, I, we haven't talked much about nicknames a whole lot lately. We've, you know, we've talked about the possibility of um, of getting Aquaman back potentially in the trade with uh, Deshaun Watson if that would happen. But Marcus May comes from the Jets. So if you know anything about at least recent Saint history, the last 20 years or so, um, the Jets have treated the Saints very well. Like, very well. Um, you know, it, you don't have to go that far back. Um, in 2008, the Saints acquired linebacker Jonathan Vilmer from the Jets as a free agent. I mean, it wasn't a trade, but it was a, a free agent acquisition from the Jets. Uh, and that was that was a right around the time that we started doing nicknames. Well, we had done it for a little while, but and and Jonathan's one of our my favorite ones all times. His nickname was Savoir Faire, and you can probably guess why we called him Savoir Faire because he was everywhere. Jonathan Vilmer all over the field, and um, played a critical role in the Saints winning the Super Bowl. Also played a critical role in exposing. Uh, the NFL commissioner for what he was, a liar and a fraud and a propaganda guy. And um, um, he he played a critical role in that. And then, you know, the Saints more recently acquired another linebacker from the Jets. And he has been fabulous, arguably the Saints' best player over the last three years. So, you know, we've not given him a nickname. We need, we need to do that. But the um, – so I got no issue with going back to signing free agents from the Jets. Now, the only issue with Marcus May is, well, there's two of them. One, 
He ended last season with an Achilles injury, which is never good. And, you know, if it would have happened in August or September, I wouldn't be – I wouldn't have much concern about that at all. But he – it was in November when he suffered the season-ending Achilles tear. So you'll wonder where he is physically. I'm sure the Saints have looked into that. Also, and why has this not been taken care of yet? I have no idea. But he got a DUI a year ago, more than a year ago, like, you know, 13 months ago. And somehow they played an, an entire NFL season and he didn't suffer his two or three game suspension, whatever he's probably going to get for it. Like, why not? Why did the NFL not suspend him last year? When he got his DUI in February, like um, Mighty Miles got his DUI in what was that, July? And it, that seemed to take forever. Marcus May got his in last February, and he played, they went through it. Now, he didn't, he only played six games, but he went through an entire NFL season and never suffered the suspension. Hmm, not good. Pas bon. And so he, um, he's had two years, Marcus May, where he did not play. He was a the second, 39th overall pick, second-round draft pick in 2017 out of Florida by the Jets. Uh, he played in 17. In 18, he only played six games due to injury. And last year, he only played six games due to injury. He had an ankle injury earlier in the season and then uh, the Achilles issue in November. Uh, he's had six interceptions in his career. 2020, two years ago, was his best season in the NFL. So, um, we will, uh, you know, we'll see how he does. But one thing, speaking of nicknames, I mean, this is a natural nickname. I mean, you're talking about a free safety whose last name is May. So, I mean, I don't even, you know, it's just so natural. The the, the nickname that we're going to give Marcus May is, no, you may not. I mean, <laughs> get that deep pass out of here. No, you may not. And so hopefully we're saying that a lot this season. And, um, you know, in terms of pass breakups, in terms of defending pass defenses, and hopefully in terms of interceptions. And, you know, he had one year we had a he had 104-yard uh, interception uh, return yardage. So hopefully that, that, that plays into, into that as well. So, again, uh, I – I, I got to tell you, I think I'm more excited about bringing Bradley Roby back and what that means for this defense potentially. But, no, if things work out with Marcus May, and it seems like lately everything's got to have a yeah, but when it has, when you know, when it goes to the Saints. I mean, you know, you acquire a guy, you lose a free safety, you pick up a free safety. By the way, he's 29 years old, so he came out in the same draft and was actually picked, I think, three or four spots ahead of Marcus Williams. 
Um, so you replace Marcus Williams right away, three years, $28 million, and he's got a DUI, he may have to, and he's coming off an injury. So it's always got there's always got to be a yeah, but um, they certainly don't, um, you know, like, like Saints fans to, to live fat and happy, you know, these days in the last couple years. It's been um, – Keep your feet on the ground. They've certainly done a great job of, of of keeping feet on the ground. So we'll see how how that plays out. But no, what a what a what a, what a, we could have a lot of fun with Marcus May if he plays well this season and things continue to go. We continue to monitor, obviously, the Deshaun Watson. Uh, if you if you hear if you listen to the reports, I think it's pretty possible that it could last another day or so. I was thinking it was going to happen today, but I'm wondering because supposedly the Falcons want to meet with him and they haven't met yet. So I, I just kind of makes me wonder if it's going to go into tomorrow or the next day toward more towards the end of the week, but we'll see how that plays out. All right, we'll take a time out. When we come back, we'll talk more about all these things going on. Lots of news in Major League Baseball. And then obviously it is a game day. Cajun baseball going to McNeese. Cajun softball hosts in Texas. We'll be talking with softball coach Jerry Glasgow later on in the show. Having lots of fun out here at Le Triomphe for the Chittimacha Louisiana Open. We'll be back on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Are you fluent in Footlish? Not to worry. We're here to help with the Footlish Dictionary. Genius. Genius. Noun. The New Orleans Saints' longtime head coach who often struggles with game management. But since Kevin lost a bet to a caller, the coach is now referred to as a genius. Also known as Sean Payton. Now, back to the man with his very own language. Kevin Foot and Footnotes. Welcome back. Two footnotes, Kevin Foot. On the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Actually, Casper, he's now known as Casper the Quitter. That's what uh that's Sean Payton's new nickname, Casper the Quitter. So uh Uh, you know, we'll see how that. By the way, Casper yesterday, he he he, he cannot help himself. I don't. Um. I don't like the idea about people downgrading rivalries. Um, and 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 he did that yesterday, talking about Jeff Duncan sent out some tweet about how. You know, the the Saints-Falcon rivalry would be spiced up even more if they signed Deshaun Watson. And, you know, he, Sean Payton, Casper the Quitter, you know, sends a response 
rivalry question mark. Um, and it's just, to me, it's it, it's kind of a slap in the face. Now, again, I'm not an All-American or All-Louisiana, and I should say Falcon hater like many of you are, but It's it's still the uh, the biggest rivalry the Saints have historically. I mean, it's it's not even close. Now, again, I hate the cheaters more than the Falcons because the Falcons have cheated the Saints here and there, but the Saints have cheated the Falcons. That's you know that kind of that is going back and forth before. But it was uh, the the Falcons have never cheated the Saints as bad as now in '78. It was bad. There's no question that was bad, and that's kind of where the rivalry really started, but really it was a rivalry before that. But that's what really ignited the rivalry. Um, and But again, the Big Ben wasn't cheating. It was just, you know, you know, a combination of not playing good enough defense and, and being bad. So it is um, – we'll see how uh, it plays out. But to say that – it's not a rivalry. It's just it's silly. I, I don't even believe the whole idea that if one team beats the other team, all you know, ten out of twelve or whatever, dominant that it's not a rivalry. This whole I all a rivalry is in my mind is if you play a game and the fan the you know, the fans and the teams and the coaches get more juiced up than a normal game, then it's a rivalry. It's just that simple. It's a rivalry. In other words, who you're playing matters, then it's a rivalry. If it's not just a game that your team is playing, you know, I I said the story last week having to do with Cajun basketball against Georgia State. Georgia State owns the Cajuns. Um. In basketball, they beat them almost every time they play them, but it is absolutely a rivalry. And and, and just as Georgia State, like I said, is their, their general their general manager, their athletic director told me a year ago when he goes, man, if it was up to me, we played the Cajuns every home game we played be against the Cajuns because it's a rivalry because the fans it matters more that they're playing them than if they're playing UTA or Arkansas State or just some other team in the Sun Belt Conference. Um, not saying it's as big, you know, obviously their rivalry with Georgia Southern is in, is a state thing that's different, but there's just something special about kind of the hatred and bitterness, um, going back a decade between the two programs. And so it matters more. Does it matter that Georgia state wins every, almost every game? I, I think that part of the, of the rivalry is, is, is overrated. So, um, so, and and again, the fact that he's trying to egg on and downgrade and, you know, pick at Falcon fans and Falcon um, people that support the Falcons, maybe even their front, front office, that shows you that it's a rivalry. I mean, the fact that they don't put – they put visitors instead of Saints on the – you know, I heard some Saints fans last year said, you know, they kind of, well, why are they doing that? That, that you know, that's no class. That's great. I mean, that that's what a rivalry is. That, that 
they're, they're supposed to do that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't play that game. All right, once again, the game, the game uh, hotline is 706-0111, 706-0111. Let's go to the hotline and talk to our friend Ralph. Hello. Hey, good morning, Kev. How are you? Pretty good, sir. How are you? Good. Uh, I just caught bits and pieces, uh, so if you've talked about some of this, uh, I'll, um, I apologize. But uh, I did hear you talking about uh, – the signing of Marcus May, and um, you know, I, I do feel it's a it's a slight downgrade from Mar- Marcus Williams. But what concerns me is is you know, with the NFL, you, you never know when their suspensions are going to happen. And I mean, I, I think with the DUI, he's going to be facing a suspension at some point this coming season. Um, and you know, if you knew for sure, it's the first four games. But with Deontay Harris Hardy, whatever his name is now, um, it didn't happen until later in the season last year. So, um, you know, I just hate that uncertainty about, uh, you know, when it comes to, to sign things like that. I mean, the, the Achilles is one thing, and that is the second time he's had a foot injury, so that concerns me a little bit as well. But I guess he was the best option um, that, that they had. But – what I want to ask you, Kev, and, and, and here's the other thing that concerns me, is let's just say, and I don't think it's going to happen, but let's just say we do get Deshaun Watson, then the NFL decides to take legal action. Then we've got Alvin Kamara, who's got some pending, you know, stuff coming from the NFL probably, and, and it could just be a lot of... A lot oh, of I mean, it could be you another know, disaster with, year, another nightmare season. That's what I'm saying. It, it, there's yeah. always a yeah, but, I mean, in the last three years. Yeah. I mean, every time, you know, this, this, you keep feeling like, oh, man, we got things stabilized. Everything's in order. We're in good shape. Yeah, but this. Yeah, but this. Yeah. And here we go. More yeah, but stuff. It, it's very scary. It is, it is. But what I want to ask you is, is you know, obviously now with the – with the Falcons getting involved also, and, and I, I don't know where, you know, who knows where, where he ends up. I, I, there's a part of me that, yeah, it would be exciting because you, you, you can throw darts at the, at the wall for, for years and not get your franchise quarterback and waste a lot of draft picks in the meantime. I also hate to ransom the farm with a lot of uncertainty. But let's just say I'm, I'm just playing devil's advocate that he does end up going to Atlanta. Okay, I think that's probably not real likely. But would would you would you take on you know Matty Ice for a for a couple of couple of years? I mean, he's towards the end of his career, but would he be a stopgap measure until you can get your young quarterback? I mean, that that's a good question. I you know I I'd rather really I'd rather just go with Jameis and start and move on if the Deshaun Watson thing doesn't happen. You know, Jameis is still young and, and just kind of ha- and start that course rather than get a veteran quarterback for one or two more years and then be going through this again two years from now. I'd rather if they could get a quarterback who's under 30, which Jameis and, and Deshaun both are, and maybe have a quarterback for seven, eight, nine years, whatever. I, I'd rather do that, I think. Yeah, and I agree with you. And, and, and but you know what what puzzles me is that it, and unless I'm just reading this wrong, but it sure seems like they're lukewarm 
on Jameis. You know, the, 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 at least this staff is. I, I don't know. I mean, the, it's the only difference is Sean Payton's not there. But, you know, I would have thought by now they would have they would have kind of been, you know, in negotiations with them and trying to do something. And well, he, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's a ma- I don't, I don't, I mean, I could, you could be right, but I don't really think they're lukewarm. Look, Deshaun Watson is an elite quarterback. So if you have mm-hmm. a chance to get an elite quarterback and you think you can pull it off, then go for it. And if not, then you get, you know, Jameis or whoever else you can get. And I hope it's Jameis, uh, you know, uh, but no, understand how good Deshaun Watson could be. Like, this guy has, you know, some Lamar. I'm not saying he's as good a runner as Lamar Jackson, but he can really run. And he can really throw. Oh, he can play. Like, he's really good. Yeah, but but if you give up that much, then then how, how can you possibly get the pieces around him at receiver and tight end that, that, that it depends. It depends what you give up. Uh, look, it depends yeah. what you give up. But part of the answer to your question is I was right last year. The Saints did not have a depleted roster. They never had a depleted roster. That was awful propaganda that the masses believed. Last year, yeah, was, well, the Saints, if the- they had gotten, if they didn't have all these yeah buts, Last year, like I told y'all, was going to be the best roster the Saints ever took to the playoffs. Well, I, I, uh, yeah, the only thing I would disagree a little bit at, at wide receiver, but, you know, other than that, no, I agree. Uh, but all this talk about them giving up, I heard you know, someone on y'all's station yesterday uh, propose uh, throwing in Eric McCoy as part of the trade and moving Ooh, to the center. Oh, I don't want that. Yeah, I, I don't are you crazy? I mean, yeah, I don't want that. On. Again, it depends no. who they give up. It depends who they give up. Um, you know, yeah. the, we, we've heard all kind of, you know, I heard the two players were going to be Batman and Pete. You know, so it just depends who you give up, you know, it, it, yeah. if it even and, happens. But, again, if it doesn't and happen and and they sign Jameis, I'm perfectly fine. I'm, I'll be excited for that as well. Well, yeah, and that's, that's the thing that I think people don't realize is, is that, you know, I I thought personally that Jameis was getting a little bit better each game last year, and I, I there's no doubt Sean Payton wasn't was very conservative in his play calling with him. Yeah. I think he wanted to you know to get his confidence built up and and not put him in in risky throwing situations to have interceptions and turn the fan base and all that. But I mean, look, he went out he. If he stays healthy all year, I have no doubt we win two or three more games. I mean, there's no, you know, no doubt in my mind. Um, right. So no, and, I'm fine with that too. Yeah. And I think, you know, with each signing that's happening across the league, and some of them have have me scratching my head. I'm telling you, some of these, what they're paying for, <laughs> for some guys, I, I like, man, I, I I don't I don't see it. But I'm not a you know NFL GM. But I think the market, it, it, it's a little bit more favorable each time for the Saints. I also think, though, if they drag their feet too long, they could end up very likely on the same day losing Deshaun Watson and Jameis on somewhere else. And then you're like, I, you know. We have discussed that. That would be the worst-case scenario, yes. And then now yeah. you've already had Teddy sign as a backup somewhere else, so I don't know who your quarterback would be. Yeah, well, it, 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 it can't be Batman, and, and uh, it's not going to be Blake Bortles off the practice squad. And, uh, 
no, I, I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, you know that. <laughs> no, the worst case scenario is in play. No question, it's in play. You know, no, no question. Yeah, and I guess the other, the other option would be, and I don't think you'd be too crazy about this. I don't know, but, but it, let's just say he does end up going to Cleveland instead. Then, then all of a sudden Baker Mayfield's out there. I, I, you know, I'm not sure. You know how you feel about him, but. Well, I'm not certainly not his biggest fan, but um, you know that might be something. Let's hope. Let's just hope we don't have to go down to that point. And, just... it, and it, it certainly seems also, Kev, the, the Jimmy G talk has cooled down a lot, huh? It has because his options have dwindled. But I, 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 I kind of think he's going to end up with the Colts, but we'll see. Yep. All right, man. Well, uh, I, it's not not you know not like I don't have enough to worry about as it is, but you know. This, this it's potentially know, good, but they've added more worries. Yes, they just—it's just been an unbelievable, you know, last two years or so as a Saints fan. It just never seemed to be able to get a break, and sometimes they don't make their breaks either. But appreciate the call as always. Thank you, Ralph. All right, hey, and Kevin, tell Hannah if she's going to watch RP three play golf, she better bring a hard hat with her this afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> the wall worth cometh, cat. The wall is cometh. <laughs> Oh, man. Better him than me is all I can say. What a brave cat this is. Man, there's no way you get me out there playing in a pro-am right now, as long as it's been since I played golf. All right, we'll take a timeout. We'll be back on the game, 103.7 Lafayette, 104.1 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Are you fluent in footlish? Not to worry. We're here to help with the Footlish Dictionary. Grinky Dinky Dong. Grinky Dinky Dong. Noun. A quirky Cy Young Award winner with a funny name for the Houston Astros. Also known as Zach Grinky. Now, back to the man with his very own language. Kevin Foote and Footnotes. Welcome back to the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Want to remind you the game hotline is 706-0111-706-0111. Want to tell you about our sponsors for this week out at Le Triumph for the Louisiana Open, the Chittimacha Louisiana Open presented by Miss Strauss. We have Tibbs Trailers. You think in trailers, thinks Tibbs Trailers. Whether you tug it, tow it, or transport it, Tibbs Trailers is your headquarters for enclosed, f- enclosed fat flatbeds and hydro- hydraulic trailers. I don't know why I struggle with flatbeds, but I do. You don't want you don't you won't find a better selection than Tibbs Trailers located between Scott and Dusan. Rope, soap, and dope. Acadiana's workplace authority for over twenty years offers supplies. For all your industrial safety and janitorial needs, online at ropesopendope.com or visit their showroom on Highway 90 to show you how they can help your business. The Cigar Merchant. You're always welcome to light up at the Cigar Merchant, Acadiana's premier cigar, pipe, and tobacco shop located in the All Center and Golf Connection USA, golfconnectionlouisiana.com. Tailor-made stealth drivers here. Large variety of golf bags and shoes. 2009 West Pinhook Road in Lafayette. 
Also want to remind you about the ultimate crawfish ball. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station wants to give you the ultimate crawfish ball brought to you by JJ Exterminating, Kramer Equipment, and Cody's Crawfish. Here's what you can win. Two sacks of live crawfish, a pot, a burner, an ice chest, tumbler, chairs, a $500 Visa gift card, and tickets to an Astro game. Sign up today for the Game Rewards Club, 1037thegame.com. 1041thegame.com. You might win this great prize, the ultimate crawfish boil. Speaking of Astros in baseball, what are the Oakland A's doing? Like they they basically punted. They you know they're talking about trading uh, Manaya and and Freddie Montez to um, the White Sox. I mean, what are they like? The new like you know the Yankees used to have all these little farm systems that just their their whole you know fifty years ago their whole purpose of existing is to make sure the Yankees won the World Series which is why a lot of those World Series back then, I don't know, a little iffy. But anyway, um, and lately, you know, they gave them their closer. Now they're talking about giving them two starting pitchers. What in the world's going on between the A's and the White Sox? Well, they traded Olsen to the Braves, and now they've traded Chapman to the um, to the Blue Jays. And look, I'm all for it. They're in the Astros division. The Astros have gotten the better of them, but they still were a very good team. And uh, for the last three or four years, and, and and were really good, and had a lot of good players, and um, you know the Astros had ser- stretches where they struggled against them, and so uh, I I like the fact that they've kind of given up and punted. At the same time, the Rangers are going in the opposite direction. After punting for a few years, they've decided they want to play now, and I think they're going to be uh, tougher to to deal with. But it's um. It's very interesting how um, how when teams just kind of decide, well, we're just not going to do this anymore. <laughs> it's kind of strange. Really, really strange. But, no, they're just giving up all their players. All right. Again, the game hotline is 706-0111, 706-0111. I mentioned we are out at the Chittimacha, Louisiana Open, and – We will uh, be talking, obviously, a lot more of the actual golf tournament over the next two days after today because tomorrow the the tournament starts. Just to kind of catch you up, uh, they haven't played in about a month, uh, taking some time off. But this is actually the sixth tournament this year on the Corn Ferry Tour. Unfortunately... I'm probably going to butcher two of the winners so far, but the first one was in the Bahamas. Uh, Akshay um, Bataya, it looks like maybe. Not sure I pronounced that right. He actually um, is American, but he won the first tournament in the Bahamas. The second tournament in the Bahamas won by another American, um, Brandon Harkins. The third tournament was in Panama which is the home of former Astro Carlos Lee, my my daughter's Riley's youngest daughter Riley's first favorite Astro player. Uh Carson Young won that tournament. Uh he's an American and then Brandon Matthews won the tournament in Bogota, Colombia, which was played in early February and then the last tournament was won by another gentleman who I will probably mispronounce his name. Um Biong Hung Han, 
and he, I believe, is Korean. So, um, it's so it's been about a month since they played, and starting tomorrow, after if the course survives the Walrus uh, Pro Am, then we will start the actual competitive tournament part of the um, of the tournament tomorrow. So. Man, have we arranged video for this yet? I I hadn't heard the update on that. Do you know, Hannah? Have, have we um arranged video for this yet? Um, so I will be there at three o'clock to hang out with Miguez for his show for his first day going. So uh-huh. I'm hoping to not only make a TikTok, which is a social media platform if you don't know, and as well take a video for evidence of Ray actually playing. My cool daughter like four hours for a whole round. So, my daughter, nieces, and nephews were teasing me the other day that I need to do more TikTok. I said that's up to Hannah. I don't even know what TikTok is really. So, <laughs> Hannah's gonna have to do that. So they, they're 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 um they're requesting anyway. But no, I would I, we we would all love to see uh, video. And and again, I think if you like do a voiceover or do any kind of graphics on it, just put the walrus cometh. Uh, and I think that would kind of cover it all. I think I can do that. And definitely have your daughters, if they have ideas, like, sports-wise for your TikTok, just tell them to text you it, and I'll try to figure something out for you. Uh, all right. All right, let's go to the game hotline see what Manny's got to say. Hello. Kevin, uh, yeah, uh, tell Hannah not to put on TikTok because I, I don't uh, – I can't get to that. I don't have that. <laughs> just make sure she saves it and posts it, uh, you know, like on – on the on the on the website at one zero three seven because right. I heard Ray the other morning saying pro am he didn't know how much of a pro he was and I want to say you know you're not you're not the pro Ray you're the am you know, <laughs> definitely you're the am uh, so anyway look this all, I've been thinking about this and I, I know there's probably no way this could possibly happen but boy just based upon your luck Kevin and the way things go with the Saints sometimes, just thought about this. It struck me. What if, okay, Kevin, you ready? I told Hannah I was going to drop this on you, and then I was going to, I was going to, you know, you hit somebody and you run, you know, you take off running when you were kids, you hit your brother or whatever, and take off running because you know you're going to beat the heck out of you. Kevin, what if Baker Mayfield became the Saints quarterback by Look, some please. happenstance? What would you do, Kevin? Um, hey, Kevin, the, the way you say his name, Baker, Mayfield. <laughs> uh, uh, just what? What on earth would happen? I mean, uh, could you could you survive that, Kevin? I know you got blood pressure issues, and I just don't know if you could possibly. I mean, I know it can't happen. Thank God. Uh, hopefully, we'll pray. But boy, if it did, that would be something, huh? Well, a lot of people would get some a lot of laughs out of it. That's for sure. But now, look, it's again, yeah, yeah, we would laugh initially, but we wouldn't be laughing about game number three or four. We'd all be crying. Look, that, I, I don't, I don't cat. think Baker Mayfield is like the worst quarterback of all time. When I say Baker Mayfield, I'm talking about you pick that guy, the no, number one yeah, overall number one. pick in the draft. Overall. That guy exactly. right there, that guy Baker Mayfield. Like Baker Mayfield yeah, is exactly. like Teddy Bridgewater to me. He's not bad. He's just okay. I mean, yeah, he's just yeah, I mean, he's a I mean, mediocre, the average, you know, Teddy's really run of the mill quarterback. And, and, Maybe a backup. Yeah, Baker. Baker with some of the throws he makes and some of the decisions he makes. Uh, 
I don't know, man. If he's even he might not even be Teddy's as good as well. Teddy. And that's what I'm saying. And again, oh, no, he's an he, NFL he quarterback. Well he's not, just not a first round exactly. pick or a number one overall pick. Yeah, listen. So listen, tell Ray he's definitely the am, and they score. Hannah gets a video because, boy, I really would love to see it. All right, y'all have a great day. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, let's take one more call before we get to our next timeout. Hello. Hello, sir. Foot. Yes, sir. To be a to be a, a baseball fan and a football fan right now, it, it's a good time. I, you, you check oh, in the phone man. every time, every minute, and something's happening. It's crazy. One one team it would not be a fan fun to be a fan of right now is the Oakland A's. I don't know if they really have any fans, but if they do, like their team is punting apparently. Yeah, they 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 just giving up. I mean, I I can't understand how they can just give up like that on their fans. But I mean, they it's crazy. They getting rid of all, all their good players for nothing. Yep. I mean, now foot. Uh, I was off the air trying to convince Hannah to in in the pre screening. You got a pre screen to get on with foot now. All of a sudden, but I was on, and I was trying to convince Hannah to uh, be a Braves fan. But I don't know if she if she likes that idea. She said she don't think Kevin would like that. She's um. She's a Mar- she already decided she's doing the Mariners. I understand that, but I was trying to change her mind. I mean, oh, okay. I, I thought if she if she wants to, to come with so the you, you with think the Mariners, her name is she, Gregory? I don't think she bought it. She was. I know she's it. got a lot of names, but one of her names is not Gregory. She's not going to change her mind after she already decided. <laughs> I, I'm still. She she sounded kind of like she didn't want to change her mind, but at the beginning she. It sounded like she might, but then she said, no, I don't think Kevin would like that. So next time I call when I'm talking to her before I get on with you, I'm going to try to convince her again to be a Braves fan. I don't think it's going to work. All right. She doesn't want to – w- again, the, Troy, the problem with her being a Bra- picking the Braves is that uh, the Walrus has already picked the Braves. So she wants to get someone different. So, I mean, I, I, that, I think that's a losing battle. All right. It's time for a timeout. We'll take it. We'll come back, finish out the first hour on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Are you fluent in Footlish? Not to worry. We're here to help with the Footlish Dictionary. Benedict Arnold's. Benedict Arnold's. Now, an NFL expansion team that stole a bunch of Saints players and coaches when first created, also known as the Carolina Panthers. Now, back to the man with his very own language. Kevin Foote and Footnotes. Welcome back to the game, 103.7 The Game, 103.7 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. We are having lots of fun out here at Latrium. We are anxiously awaiting. We've got people now calling, just trying to figure out how in the world they can get uh, their hands on the video 
uh, when the walrus cometh. And so it is it is it is going to be quite a day out here at La Triumph. I, I, I think that Danny Jones and his great crew over here can withstand the walrus, but we'll see. There, there is some doubt about that. So we're, we're, we're having lots of fun considering what might be happening. Like I've said yesterday and today, better him than me. He is a very, very, very brave man, um, Mr. RP3. Look, I'm I'm a guy who's a little more on the timid side. Like, I don't do roller coasters. I typically, when like you know, if I go swimming and the water's freezing, it takes me about a minute before I can get up the courage to jump in. I don't just like jump in right away. I'm a little on, more on the timid side. I'm not as brave as Ray. I mean, this cat going playing pro ams every week. Um, <laughs> it's unbelievable. Woo! It's gonna be gonna be interesting. I don't mind being on TikToks if you ask me about historic things, but not TikTok where I'm, you know, crushing carts and breaking windows, and it's gonna be something. <laughs> All right, that's it for the first hour. Another hour to follow. On the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome back to the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Once again, we are out at La Triumph for the Chittimacha Louisiana Open. And the competition begins tomorrow as we anxiously await the results of t- this afternoon's Pro-Am out at, out at La Triumph. And uh, we're expecting great results there and um, you know, great has the you know when you use the word great in this for in this context, and it kind of has quotes around it. Great would be like, um, um, you know, kind of uh, when you see these disaster movies where buildings are crashed and stuff like that. That would be tremendous. We want as much action on the TikTok videos as we possibly can get. So that's what we're hoping for, and we'll we'll just see how that works out. All right. We've got lots going on again tonight uh, at Lamson Park, or this afternoon, actually. Four o'clock doubleheader, Texas versus the Cajuns. We'll see if the Cajuns can get their first win of the season. Normally, by now, they have a win over a kind of a power five, kind of powerhouse type softball program, at least one. Normally, they've beaten somebody by now, but um, this is a young team. They've struggled with hitting and runners in scoring position. They've gotten enough runners on to win some of these games, but they haven't knocked them in. And so we'll see if they can do that tonight. Looking at Texas statistically, they have pretty good hitting team, it looks like. And they have some pitchers who 
give up a lot of hits but don't walk people, and then they have other pitchers that give up a lot. I mean, they walk some people, don't give up as many hits. So it's just going to be interesting to see who pitches for them, and I'm sure it will be more than one just like it will for the Cajuns. But, again, we'll be speaking with Jerry Glasgow at about 10.35. Um, and we can, um, you know, we'll, we'll talk more about that. Cajun baseball at McNeese tonight. McNeese, uh, I, you know, defeated Columbia last night. They're having a nice season. The Cajuns are as well. Peyton Havard is expected to start tonight. At least that's what Coach Degg said on in Monday's um, presser. And so we'll see if the Cajuns can kind of get the bats rolling. You know, they, they really showed some good signs of getting the bats rolling over the weekend. It wasn't just the 17-hit game on Sunday, but rather the, um, you know, the amount like they hit four home runs in, in game one of that series against Houston. And I didn't hear the final score last night, but Houston was beaten. Who, um... One of the, it was an SEC school that Houston was beating last night, um, A&M, I believe. And last I heard, did Southeastern was beating Ole Miss, who's ranked in some polls and number one in the country. So, again, that goes to show you how many good teams play baseball in this state, and you got to pay attention. So uh, I'm sure the Cajuns understand that lesson for sure when they're going to McNeese tonight who uh, definitely a team that that could beat them. But we'll see how that plays out. That game starts at 6 o'clock. Starting to hear, I, I heard Raymond's interview with Ron, and I, I agree with both of them. Um, I, I kind of it kind of starting to convince myself that LSU is going to win this game one of the, of the NCAA tournament. So we certainly could talk about that as well. And, um, LSU baseball had a nice win last night over Tulane, and they they begin SEC play over the weekend. So the the spring sports season starting to get hot and heavy. We talked quite a bit about the Saints and the Deshaun Watson situation, and it's getting to be at the point. Like if you're a big Saints fan or just an NFL fan, just intrigued with the whole Deshaun Watson thing. I mean, it's it's obviously a fascinating scenario. But if you're not, then you're like, man, can we please get this trade made? And I'm sure some Saints fans or, or people who hate the Saints that don't want the Saints. Yeah, Southeastern did beat Ole Miss last night 5-1. to one. I mean, it wasn't like, you know, they beat them 5-1. to one. And, and, and what a coup for uh, – for that program in Hammond to get Ole Miss, that game was played in Hammond. So, uh, not, nice job. And that's one of the many great things about baseball and softball is some of the programs are, are you know, overly elitist. Um, but it, it, it's not as an elitist sport as football and basketball are. I mean, you know, the Cajuns, they've hosted Alabama. They – it. And they've hosted LSU. They're hosting Texas um, tonight. Uh, it's just great that, you know, uh, Skip Bertman started that a long time ago where LSU will go play McNeese and they'll come to, to Lafayette and they've gone to Natchitoches before and Monroe and these places. So it's, it, it's just great that the elite Power 5 programs are willing to um, to travel a little bit, not always have to play every single game at home, 
And uh, so, no, good, good job by Southeastern winning that game. And, again, South, the Cajuns have a win over Southeastern this year. It was one of the more exciting finishes of the season, first walk-off in quite a while. And um, and so, no, that is a um, re- really good program. Not a huge shock there because they play good baseball, but still a nice win in their belt, uh, a midweek win for the Lions over the Ole Miss Rebels. But um, – well, before I'm, I make my point that I was going to get to about the Saints, let's go to the game hotline and talk to Paul. Hello. Morning, Foot. How's it going? <laughs> oh, man, I'm, 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 I'm a little more pumped up today than yesterday. How are you? Oh, I'm great. I mean, we, we got Rizzo back. I mean, that's awesome. I said he was going to go. I mean, we just missing one guy, Tower Peace, Mr. Freeman. I think we get Freeman. I sure hope he come. You might as well give us the World Series this year, start next year. Might as well give well, it to us. That's what we're missing. I've already been told by someone who knows way more about the Yankees than me that the Yankees will not win another World Series until the Steinbrenner boys give up, give it up. And they haven't given it up, so I, I, I was told it was impossible. We can't be a Yankee fan then. We <laughs> can't be a Yankee fan. That sounds like a Yankee hater. That's just jinxing. That's just trying to jinx us. Oh, no. Stay away from, I don't want to deal with that guy. I don't need to be around no jinx. I, I don't think. Well, y'all, y'all not gonna get Freddie Freeman. You just signed uh, Rizzo. So, I mean, come on, we the Yankees. We get whoever we want. Oh, we can afford if. anybody. It's not no, cheating. You, forget about Freddie Freeman. You sign Rizzo, you're not getting Freddie Freeman. So just oh, trust me, we make you waves. need to forget Luxury that. Don't That's matter. not trust happening. Trust me, we the Yankees, and we did it for centuries. We'll do it again. The Red Sox me. are gonna get Freddie Freeman. And let you know, the White Sox didn't help us. We, they just made a great business decision. That's all it was. Now, Foot, I just got on Hannah a little bit. I'm, I'm, I'm going to disturb your brainwash to the chick. You put in Loserville. I mean, they're not a threat to the Yankees, but really the Marlins. You let her go to Loserville. Uh, I had nothing to do with her selecting the Marlins. I mean, the Mariners. But I, I, but I, gave, her, um, I gave her a standing ovation for selecting them. The Mariners. I'm pretty sure you did. I, I respect you, her. You, you, put, you let her go to Loserville. That's my point. You let her go to Loserville, Foot. Now, Foot, um, I do believe um, when it comes to Watson, I think he's going to choose out of us, the Colts. The and Colts? I think the Browns. He's not going to the Colts. I, I think out of them three, he's going to choose. I don't I think he's going to the Browns. I have the Browns either. at a higher um, level of him going. That I mean, because when I look at everything, I think he's going everything. to the NFC South. I just hope it's New Orleans. If the I trade mean, is right, if the trade because, isn't right, then I hope he goes to one of the other teams. Although I really because, don't want, I really don't want to have to defend that guy. I agree, but and I look at this, but if if he got if he come to the South, no matter what, but I hope it's us. It would be better for him because, especially in the NFC, it's not a lot of you don't have to deal with the Mahomes and all of that. Exactly, you know, you, he's not going to the Colts or the Browns. Y'all can forget that. You know, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You know, if you look at it, that's one of the reasons Aaron Rodgers made his moves. Like, hey, I got more of a threat over there in the AFC than I do in the NFC. So, hey, if he be smart about it, he'll come to New Orleans. I mean, we embraced every quarterback that came, and you know, and look how we did with Teddy Bree, so on. You know, I just look at it as an uphill if he if what he been through, and if he want that same love and passion, New Orleans is the best place to come. That's uh, 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 we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Don't worry right, about Freddie Yankees. Freeman. Just be glad you signed Rizzo. Thanks, Paul. 
All right. Once again, the game hotline is 706-0111. 706-0111. If you haven't heard the latest uh, in baseball, well, I say the latest. The latest as of about an hour ago. Things are moving fast and furious. There might be some things that have happened since I've gotten on the air. But um, Kyle Schwarber is going to the Phillies. The Cubs signed a slugger from Japan, played for the Hiroshima Carp last season, hit 38 homers uh, with 134 ribs. Uh, uh, Seeger or Sire Suzuki. Not sure exactly his first name, but his last name is Suzuki. The Cubs signed him to a five-year, $70 million deal. Again, he hit 38 bombs uh, for Hiroshima last year, and so we will see how um, he pans out. Sometimes the highly celebrated players from Japan turn out to be really, really good, and sometimes they don't. I mean, it's it's, it's just like a player from any league or any, you know, sometimes a top five draft pick turns out to be great in the, in the major leagues, and sometimes they don't. And so, you know, obviously uh, the reigning MVP uh, is from there, but plenty of other guys who have come over to the major leagues from Japan have not done as well, and some have done tremendous. So we'll just kind of wait and see. How, how that plays out, um, that's, you know, not a $300 million contract, but that's not uh, a small contract. So we'll see uh, how that plays out. Uh, Colin McHugh signed with the Braves. Um, and so, and Rizzo with the Yankees, as Paul said, and Schwarber with the field. So, and Chapman went to the Blue Jays. So lot, lots going on there. But before we get to our timeout, I want to get to the other thing that's really got me excited about, the Saints. I was very excited to hear that uh, Bradley Roby is coming back at cornerback. A lot of people were thinking that he was going to be expendable and they were not going to get rid of him, um, that they were not going to be able to resign him, and they did. And they are now under on the salary cap. And and like I told you, all, all these people, the people that worry about the salary, I know last year was extra bad. It still happened. And this year, they didn't even have to cut anyone, and they got under the cap. So people worry way too much about all that cap stuff. But anyway, the other just tremendous use having to do with the Saints yesterday is they got two compensatory picks. The Saints, for about a 20-year period, got the fewest amount of compensatory picks in the NFL. And every year it was like, how is this? How do all these teams get these compensatory picks and the Saints don't? Well, now this is two years in a row that the Saints have gotten compensatory picks they got it was became official yesterday that they got two third rounders so here's the Saints draft now and again I I thought last week that we were going to be able to talk about the start talking about the draft this week's not going to happen hey, I just don't see it happening so too much us going on maybe next week we'll we'll kind of kind of dip our toe into the NFL draft waters which will probably be the latest we've ever done that but but here's where the Saints have now. They have, a, as of now, now obviously, if they make this Deshaun Watson trade, then it, a lot of this is going to change. They're not going to have this their first round pick for sure, and prob, and maybe not even their second round pick. But we'll see. But that might play into what they're doing. Just like yesterday, David called and brought up the great point: is in the back of the Saints' mind, they might be thinking, you know what, if Casper to quit him, becomes a coach a year or two from now, 
in the NFL. They might get draft picks in that deal, which could back up draft picks or fill the void somewhat of draft picks that they could lose potentially in a Deshaun Watson trade. But as of right now, if that trade isn't made, the Saints have a number one pick, 18th overall, the number a number two pick, 49th overall, and now two third-round picks, uh, 98th overall and 101. So the Saints have four picks in the top 101. They also have a fourth-round pick, uh, 120, a fifth-round pick, 161, and a seventh-round pick, 237. So um, that is very exciting. And, again, I know a lot of Saints fans are going to be very disappointed if Deshaun Watson doesn't end up coming to New Orleans. I get that. But if they don't, if they could, if they can sign Jameis Winston, which I think would happen, but certainly not a lock, it's possible it won't happen. Um, um, Jameis Winston, and you have all these draft picks, and you've already, you know, filled in theoretically, at least maybe not, might get a little suspension there, and we'll see what his injury situation is. But on paper, you've already replaced Marcus Williams. And who knows, Taron Armstead if, if might might stay if they get Deshaun Watson. We'll see. Wait and see. I'd be I'd be just as excited with, with Jameis Winston and, and all these draft picks and, and, and where the roster is and moving forward and Michael Thomas coming back than if they get Deshaun Watson and depending on who they have to give up. So things are looking good. We just gotta stop all these yeah buts. Yeah but. Yeah, but Marcus Mays facing a suspension. Yeah, buddy, towards Achilles. How is he going to be ready to play? Oh, just got to limit the yeah, buts. All right. We will take a timeout. Be back on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Why doesn't Kevin Foote talk more basketball? Oh! Because it's in the best interest for his health not to discuss basketball. I had to give up basketball to save my life. I cannot take basketball. It's way too subjective. More footnotes coming up on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. The game hotline, 706-0111, 706-0111. And we've been talking about, obviously, the NFL, Major League Baseball. We talked a little bit about the Corn Ferry uh, Tour, which is, again, we're out at the Chittimacha, Louisiana Open. And play begins tomorrow, and there will be, you know, lots of uh, tea time. It uh, starts at 7.20 tomorrow, and so on, on the number uh, one in 10 tees. So lots of guys, and so we'll be following that a lot over the next two days, telling you kind of where it looks like the cuts are going to be and all of that, and so looking forward to 
getting into a little bit more golf coverage. We talked about some of the the names of the guys who won the tournament, and again, they've taken a little bit of a break. It's been about a, about a month, and so the Corn Ferry Tour is kind of kind of a second start after playing five tournaments. They took about a month off, and then out here out at um, La Triumph, and we'll see who won. Um, Roberto Diaz won last year's event, and I, I'm looking here. There are a few. Um, A few guys who have won, like, back-to-back tournaments a year ago. It happened a couple times. Not the same tournament, but they won, like, um, you know, like like, kind of like someone would win this week here at Le Triumph and then go to Lake Charles next week and win. But I, I don't know how many guys, um, we'll try to ask that question in the next couple of days, how many guys maybe have won back-to-back uh, a repeat champion at the same tournament. Um, you know, a lot of guys who win tournaments go on to the PGA Tour, so they're not, they don't even participate in the next year's tournament. But I'm sure it's happened uh, over the years a few times. And um, so we'll, we'll kind of follow that again. The actual golf tournament action starts tomorrow. So we'll um, be able to update you on that the game hotline 706-0111 again so we've got the um we we've got baseball we're going to be talking um cajun softball in the next segment with coach jerry glasgow and kind of uh see where he is obviously this is a huge game and for those who don't know um, and we'll talk about it with Coach Glasgow in the next segment. The coach at Texas is Mike White, who was at Oregon, and you know Coach Glasgow knows him very well, and so that they're gonna have their own little fun friend rivalry there, in addition to everything else going on around that doubleheader tonight um, at Lampson Park. Want to um, remind you again about our sponsors, the people responsible for us being out here at La Triumph all week for the Chittimacha, Louisiana Open, Tibbs Trailers. You think in trailers, think Tibbs Trailers. Whether you tug it, tow it, or transport it, Tim, Tibbs Trailers is your headquarters for enclosed flatbeds or hydraulic trailers. You won't find a better selection than Tibbs Trailers between Scott and Dusan. Rope, Soap, and Dope, Katiana's Workplace Authority for over 20 years. Offers supplies for all your industrial safety and janitorial needs. Online, you can find them at ropesoapanddope.com or visit the showroom on Highway 90 and they'll tell you how they can help your business. You're also, you're always welcome to light up also at the Cigar Merchant. Another one of our sponsors out here this week, Katie Ennis Premier Cigar and Pipe Tobacco Shop, located in the Oil Center. And Golf Connection USA, golfconnectionlouisiana.com. They have tailor-made stealth drivers. They also have a large variety of golf bags and shoes located 2009 West Pinhook Road in Lafayette. All right. We um, kind of talk about the um, in a, in a NFL free agency. Again, we've talked about things going on in Major League Baseball. One of the things that I wanted to elaborate a little on is just it's incredible how often the Saints 
in picking up Marcus May have gone to the ESPN division, the AFC ESPN division. It's incredible. The AFC East. We talked about Jonathan Vilma, Savoir Faire. We talked about, um, you know, they, they got Marcus May. Even going further back than that, and these were not good. Those of us who know, um, you know, one of the other infamous nicknames uh, having to do with Saints. In 2003, the Saints picked up a former first-round draft pick um, out of the New England Patriots. He was from Syracuse. His name was Tabucky Jones. As pretty as could be. 6-2-220 just looked like the perfect NFL safety. Only there was one problem. He didn't like to hit people. Hard to play football on the defensive side if you don't like to hit people. He was horrendous. The Saints picked him up, and I swear I saw an entire half of football where this cat played where he didn't make physical contact with another human being. It, he was awful. So he played for the Saints in a couple years, and he was terrible. Well, in 2014, the Saints acquired – Went back to the well again to the NF to the AFC East, which I call the AFC ESPN division, um, and got Jairus Bird. His dad, Gilbert, had played for the Chargers. He was an NFL pedigree kid, and and he had had a couple years. And I can remember all the the big draft. I mean, the big uh, NFL analysts were saying he was the first or the second best safety in the free agent market. The Saints picked him up, and he was terrible. Well. That first year, um, he played a couple games and he was bad. He ended up only playing four games, and so I gave him the nickname to Bucky. Now, part of the if you're not real familiar with how I do these, sometimes I give people nicknames because I can't wait. It's like it's like I'm daring them to do well to shed the negative nickname so they can so we can give them another one. Well, we gave him the nickname to Bucky, and he never shed it. It was he was to Bucky the whole time he was in New Orleans. It was a total nightmare. He was there for three years. He never played well, and that was that Saints down period where they won seven games three years in a row. And him being to Bucky played a big role in that. Of course, taking a half a step back, the Saints also got Jabari Greer from the Buffalo Bills. Again, big time free agent acquisition, important free agent acquisition. From the AFC East, it's a, it's amazing the history here of them going back to the NFC East. And Jabari Greer obviously was a starting cornerback and a key part, very key part. He wasn't the difference. The difference was the difference. but um, And the difference, un unfortunately, became a, a serial rapist and uh, the Saints being a contender and actually winning the Super Bowl. But Jabari Greer played a key role uh, in that Super Bowl push for sure so it's amazing uh the long over the last two decades how many times the saints have picked up free agents from the afc east a few were bust but a lot of them were very critical uh in in, in working out in, in, including uh the saints current middle linebacker who you could argue got him from the jets from arkansas state and you could argue he was the best player on the saints team the last two years so just um, just very interesting the way that that has played out. We'll see what Marcus May um, can do. But, again, if, uh, we've said it before, you know, somewhat jokingly, but mostly serious. Um, you know, anytime the Saints want to get someone from the Jets, 
in free agency, I'm all for it because, man, it's worked out great so far. Um, and, you know, again, in addition, he does have some concerns, but he, but he also – they thought enough of him. To, he was under the franchise tag for them last year. Didn't really work out because he got an ankle injury and then blew out his Achilles. But he was, again, um, a franchise tag. So they thought enough of him to um, give him the franchise tag. And, and hopefully the Saints have done their due diligence. You would think that they have. I mean, John Meekham's not running this outfit anymore. Um, and, you know, they... Um, have done their due diligence, and they have a probably a pretty good idea when he's going to be available physically after the Achilles injury, and and of course they're probably playing a little bit of the guessing game as when he's going to be. Unbelievable that he could get a DUI 13 months ago, and he still has he played he went through an entire NFL season and did not serve the suspension. Now the Saints pick him up, and he's gonna and they're gonna have to endure the suspension. That's crazy, crazy. All right. We will take a timeout, come back, talk to UL softball coach Jerry Glasgow next on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. It's not uncommon here on Footnotes for Kevin Foote's voice and his blood pressure to rise rapidly during the show. The fat guys like you and me need to be watching mop-up time just like the stars do. Sometimes it rises a little too high. That is stupid. Stupid. Not to worry. We have EMT standing by just in case Foot passes out. Back to more footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Want to remind you, tune in, tune in all week, RP3 and company, as well as here at Footnotes, as, and our new show, Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. We'll be broadcasting live all week long again, like we have from Le Up. Uh, live local coverage presented by Tibbs Trailers, Rope Soap and Dope, Cigar Merchant, and Golf Connection USA. You can hear all the coverage out in here. Chittimacha, Louisiana Open. Um, on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. All right, we have with us here Cajun softball coach Jerry Glasgow. How are you, sir? Kevin, doing well. Seem like the weather, at least right now, is looking better. I see the sun shining, a few clouds, but should be great for golf and softball today, correct? Yeah, fantastic weather. Beautiful day here and great day to get on the field, especially when you're playing a doubleheader. You'd like to be in, the, in good weather because you're out there so long. Well, we talked about it uh, all week long, how big of a of a of a doubleheader this is and i mentioned it in the last segment it's big for the program um because you want to try to beat as many power five teams as you possibly can i would think it's also big for you personally it's you know you want to win every game but when you're playing a coach that you know and you're friends with like coach white uh it has to add a little extra juice to the matchup for you yeah he uh you know, we've we've been over there twice the last two years. Uh, we've went to Austin two years in a row, and so 
to get him here on our field, we like that. Uh, we think it's just going to be fun for our fans. Um, they're very talented, like extremely talented team. And, you know, we, we were able to split with them the last two years when they've had, you know, teams each year at some point in the season have been ranked, I think, in the top ten. And we've we've actually played well over at Austin. And so we're excited to see what we can do here on on our field this year. And they've got – I feel like their team is as talented as it's ever been. They've not put it together yet as a ball club. So I think we've – you know – on paper, you've caught them at a good time because they're much like us, where they're trying to find themselves as a ball club. And I think this is a really important night for both both ball clubs. From what you know about them offensively, are are they a team that's going to challenge you on the base pass or power, or, or, or what's going to be the biggest um, issues potentially there? Uh, both. They've got a lot of power. They've got a lot of speed. Uh, Janae Jefferson, Mia Scott. I mean, really good athletic uh, leadoff type players. And then you've got, you know, in the middle of the lineup, they've just got a lot of a lot of big hitters. they got a real good freshman, uh, Katie Sumus, who's played a lot with Sam Landry and Alex Langliers and Sam Grader, come off that same Hot Shots team. Um, I think she's got five home runs already, hitting around 400. So a really good freshman. And then, got Mary Iacopa who come over from Oregon uh, with Coach Wright and uh, one of the better hitters in the country. So they, they've got power up and down their lineup. They've got speed up and down their lineup. Uh, they just, you know, they they were preseason top ten, and they just, um, you know, struggled to find themselves and get playing with continuity. But the talent is undeniable that they have. Now, they have – uh, nine losses, but I think I looked at their schedule yesterday. I want to say about seven or eight of those losses are the top, you know, 25 teams, and they they do have a win over one top 25 team in Clemson, but they've had trouble winning those games, and uh, um, kind of like you have beating those teams, and you, you got them on the schedule, and it's a matter of getting hits at, at, at the right time. Yeah, time of hits, and then, you know, limiting their runs that you give up. I mean, they they had a tie with Minnesota this week, ten ten, and so there there was an opportunity there for them where their offense was really good, but the pitching didn't hold up, and that's kind of what what, what we're trying to do. Like we've got to find ourselves. Like if the defense, if the defense and pitching holds up, then the hitting's got to get the runs, and and if the defense and pitching doesn't run doesn't hold up, you've got to go get runs. You've got to find a way to win. You know, as you remember a couple years ago. We had like a five to four, six to five win over Florida, and then come back the next day and and we're went one seven six. Well, that's what we got to learn to do as a ball club this year. They've got to learn how to, no matter what the circumstance, find a way to win. And and that sounds easy, but that's 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 the complicated part about diamond sports is it takes a little uh, a while for a ball club to find itself. And when you put put a bunch of new players together. It takes a little while to build that chemistry and, and learning to play, you know, learning to love to play under pressure, learn, learn to love to be out there in a the big moment and a big game. And I think those are all things that both us and Texas have struggled with at this point. Uh, again, we're speaking with UL softball coach Jerry Glasgow. Coach, looking at them, their pitching staff statistically, I saw some pitchers 
who don't give up very many hits, but they walk batters, and then others that gave up quite a few hits but don't walk batters. So what are you kind of uh, expecting from their pitching staff? Well, Coach Whitey is, a, is, you know, is one of the top pitching coaches in the country and has been for a long time. And Of course, he was a really uh, world-class men's pitcher himself. And he likes to go right at batters. He does not like walks. That said, you know, he's working with pitchers, some of them for the first time this spring. Uh, they got the pitcher out of Fresno State at mid, mid-year. And, you know, I'm sure he's going to make changes in her windup or changes in her delivery and her mechanics. And sometimes that leads to, in the short term, at least to uh, less than efficient performance in the circle. And uh, I'm sure they got some of that going on. They've also had some injuries and the pitching staff, and, and that will lead to walk sometimes and, and less than good performance. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, he's going to attack. He's going to be calling pitches to go at your hitters. He wants to be an 0-2 and 1-2 counts. Um, and then if the pitchers can deliver that, then, you know, that will be the way it will be. But if they can't, if they just can't throw strikes on any given day, then you get to walk. And that's what's happened to him throughout the season so far. All right. As far as your pitching, it's and I don't, you know, we can all be prisoners of the moment at times. But it seems to me that after hitting a bit of a little bit of a slump, Kendra Lamb has really come on and pitching well tonight against a good offensive team like Texas seemed like could really get her going in the. She's going in the right direction. Could could really solidify maybe what we're gonna see from Kandra from here on out. How important is this start, whether it's game one or game two tonight for Kandra in your mind? I think it's very important for both Kandra and Shorman tonight. I mean, we've got uh, Landry will be getting back in action really soon. Uh, she she was able to throw uh, a bullpen the last couple of days and uh, expect her to, to at least warm up and do a bullpen tonight. Um so while you know while we're getting her back, it's really important that we get these two uh, veterans pitchers going and going in the right direction. I think they both showed signs of brilliance, and they both showed signs of you know less than stellar performance. And so this is a this is a big opportunity against a top top offensive team um, to to really make a statement about what they what they are and who they are, and they're important to a ball club. And we need big performance out of both pitchers tonight. Well, you know, you mentioned earlier Sam Grader, and she's gotten a few opportunities. Uh, Taylor didn't start for a while, and 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 um, uh, Roman, and, and and she had a nice weekend with with a couple doubles and triple and a homer, and so um, are you pretty sure like how your lineup is going to be tonight? Or are you still toying with that a little bit? No, I felt really good about the lineup the last couple of days, uh, the last couple of games over the weekend. I thought the, I thought, I thought that offense really clicked, and I liked with the presence of that lineup and the and the uh, the flow of the lineup. And so it, the lineup is going to be very much like uh, it was on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, I thought Roman was outstanding, uh, and I I think. Carly Heath has a lot that she can contribute to our lineup, and we want to get get her out here uh, not only tonight but this weekend and, and get, really get her in the flow offensively. She's been spending a lot of time in the pitching 
uh, in the bullpen and working with Coach Justin, and that, that's a burden when you do both things. But we've got to get her bat in our lineup and, and get her comfortable offensively. Part of that is Jenna Keene, and, you know, she was limited last year uh, with her shoulder injury, and she's had some bright spots at times and at other times not played as much. Obviously, she's shown you something in practice to, to and in games that you're going to give her a chance to kind of be the leader at the top of this lineup. Well, Jenna's, Jenna's so important no matter what role. If she's coming off the bench running – you know, it's really important because she can come in, still second. A lot of times she'll still second, still third, and we got to run her in third with no outs or one out. And You know, I, I it's really hard, like, to give her up as a runner because she's such a weapon offensively just to come into any inning when we get a leadoff runner on and, and take over that inning and put a run on the board for the Cajuns. It's almost like a player hitting a home run. Uh, I hate to give that up, to be honest, but, like, She's, she's done such a good job. She's hitting over 500, uh, almost 600 right now. And I think the key to her, as long as she gets her ball in play, puts the bunts down, gets the ball in play, she's been drawing some walks for us this year and, and hasn't struck out but one time all year. And that's the key for Jenna. If she doesn't strike out and she puts the ball in play, she's a huge weapon on the offensive side. And, of course, she's she's healthy right now where she can go out there in the outfield and you know, we're not worried. She's diving for balls every day, and we're not worried about her shoulder. And that's been the situation where it's not just the limited throwing. It's like we have to be careful with her because when she throws her body around, that injury is really easy to re to re-injure. And uh, so we, we, she's been she's been able to throw her body around as much as she wants in practice and still stay healthy. And that's so that's got her in the lineup, and she's a huge weapon for us when she's in there. All right, Coach, we look forward to seeing this uh, doubleheader today at Lamson Park, 4 o'clock, Texas in the Cajuns. Appreciate your time. Good luck tonight, Coach. All right. Thank you, Kevin. All right. UL softball coach Jerry Glasgow. Man, you know, you always pull for the local team, and, and you hope the Cajuns win, but um, also very much like Coach Glasgow personally, so he needs a win tonight. <sighs> It, it's been it's been rough. I know he he hates to lose as much as any coach I think I've ever been around, and uh, it really messes with him. and And I hope he can get that first Power Five win tonight. We'll see. Four o'clock doubleheader, Lamson Park. We'll take our final timeout. Come back, finish out today's show next on the game. One zero three seven Lafayette, one zero four one Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Which NFL MVP annoys Kevin Foote the most? Who is Aaron Rodgers? He's the most arrogant athlete I've ever seen. I think he's really, to his core, that arrogant. He really believes, why in the world are you even speaking to me? You are a lower form of human being. That kind of arrogance is what I'm talking about, and I think that's who Aaron Rodgers is. That is correct. Now, back to more footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Welcome back. 
footnotes on the game. 103.7 Lafayette, 104.1 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Want to remind you, like we always do, to go to one of our websites, 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. Put yourself in a position to win a $50 gift certificate to have Shell Oyster House. You go to the website, you join the game, game clubhouse, and you are eligible to win a $50 gift certificate to have Shell Oyster House. So go to one of those two websites today. Again, so as we finish up the show today and Head out to the first uh, official press con, kind of presser of, of the week. Uh, the Chittimacha Louisiana Open yesterday was a practice round. Monday and today are pro-ams going on. The morning pro-am is probably, I don't know, 75% done or something like that. The afternoon pro-am about, start about 1.30, and it will include the man that we are now called on this show, the walrus, Raymond Parch the third RP3. We'll see how he does. And Hannah's promised us video, so we'll see how that goes out. We talked obviously a lot about a little bit about the um, the Corn Ferry Tour and things going on. And we'll be doing talking a lot more golf the next two days because play actually begins. And we'll see how um, if Roberto Diaz can win it back to back years. And predicting the winner of a tur- golf tournament is really difficult. I mean, it it it, it is very difficult because. I don't know how many, but it's a lot. I mean, it's two full pages of names, and and you know, there's so many. There's such a so many. I don't know if all these people on this these two pages are capable of winning it, but the majority of them are capable of playing great on a weekend. So very, very, very difficult to predict, and we'll see what happens. But uh, Raymond had a great guess on a couple hours ago, and he he threw out two or three names of guys, and Diaz was one of them. Of course, you know you know the way I think. When he said Diaz, I'm like, he won it last year, cat. He ain't winning it again. This cat don't know about medicine tournaments. But anyway, he um, that's just kind of tongue in cheek, but kind of true as well. So we'll see how that plays out. I uh, wouldn't expect that Roberto would win it again, but we'll see. That's why um, they play. But no, I don't see a lot of win out here. I don't. Um, if the win, you know, we talk about this every year. We're out here. Uh, and it's been the same way for 30 years. Um, if if it's windy, then the scores can be reasonably low. If it's not windy, you're going to see a lot of eagles on certain holes, and the, the score will be really high. You know, but you know, in the 20s probably. But if it's windy, then it could be very different. So I don't. Again, I don't. I'm not. We're over here by the 18 green. I, I don't really see a lot of win or feel a lot of win right now, but we'll see how it is tomorrow and Friday. So look forward to talking a little more golf. But, again, it's a big NFL week, huge NFL week. By tomorrow, I'm sure we'll have news. By the time we get here, we might even know where Deshaun Watson's going by tomorrow. So we'll be talking about that as well as Major League Baseball, Cajun softball, Cajun baseball, and and yeah, there's that thing going on that starts tomorrow called the NCAA basketball tournament as well. So no shortage of things to discuss. All right. Appreciate all the phone calls. Appreciate Coach Glasgow coming on. Y'all have a nice, nice day.